You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you after yet another power display for the 2023 Atlanta Braves. This has been a theme pretty much from day one on, and this team shows no signs of slowing down. In fact, I think they picked up some serious speed here in the month of June with the home run ball, and they were flying fast and furious on Tuesday in a 6-2 victory over the Minnesota Twins. we got a lot to talk about with the early offense, a I would say a pretty solid start for Bryce Elder because I think his biggest opponent may not have been the Twins. It might have been himself. And every once in a while, you need to have that battle, I believe. So we'll get into a little bit of that. And, of course, we'll get you set for the finale as the Braves have a chance to not only win this series, they've done that, but maybe sweep away the Minnesota Twins. Before we get started, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. If you like the show, then by all means, tell a friend. Go ahead, hit that like button, leave us some comments. We appreciate all of that. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Jake, this was one of those games that it seemed like Atlanta was trending in the direction of that crazy Angels and Rockies one last week where it ended up being 23 to nothing in the third inning. It kind of slowed down after the first couple of frames, but Atlanta's early power display certainly laid the groundwork for another win on Tuesday night. Yeah, best home run hitting team in baseball. We all know that, but the best first inning team in baseball as well, what they continue to do right out of the gate. We've talked about that throughout the season. It just sets the tone for a game. It really puts the opposing team on their heels right out of the gate. Ronald Acuna Jr. obviously being a big part of that. Yeah, Ronald Acuna Jr. may be the biggest part of just about everything for the Atlanta Braves, which sounds like a patently obvious statement because he may be the best player in all of baseball, at least in the non-Shohei Otani division. I'm having a hard time making a case for anybody else that's doing the kind of things that Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing on a nightly basis. And on this night, he was powering this Braves offense. It was game number 79 of the season for the Braves, who won it by a 6-2 score. Twins actually dropped below 500 with this loss. They're now 40-41, and despite the fact they came in leading the American League Central. It just tells you a lot about the difference between the NL East and the American League Central. Two runs, seven hits, no errors, nine men left on base. They had their chances against Bryce Elder, but could not find the big hit. It was, as I've said many times, for some of the Braves relievers, but this was more of a bend-but-don't-break start for Bryce Elder. Braves, meanwhile, were able to give him the early cushion. That's always good to work with. Now 52-27, and 27, a season-high 25 games over 500. Six runs, five, uh, 10 hits, five of those home runs. Four errors on the night. We'll get to that. Six men left on base. And Bryce Elder, the winner, 6-1. and one. Joe Ryan, the loser, he was a recipient of that home run barrage that the Braves put on him in the first couple of frames. He drops to 8-5. and Two-hour, 34-minute game, 42635 paid to see it at Truist Park. Uh, let's start with the offense, then let's get into Bryce Elder because you mentioned Ronald Acuna Jr. He sets the tone for this Braves offense. 29th career leadoff home run. Then an inning later, he goes back-to-back -back with Michael Harris. But between those, we got home runs from Austin Riley and Sean Murphy as part of a three-homer first inning for the Braves. Jake, I've seen this team do a lot of things, especially in the first inning, but this kind of early home run hitting contest that they put on, that will certainly send a very clear message to an opposing pitcher, even one having as good a season as Joe Ryan has. I was going to say, you're going up against a really good pitcher in Joe Ryan who's having a breakout season with Minnesota, and to be able to come out and do this against him, you know Acuna, when he's going up to the plate in that first at-bat, he's looking to do damage right away. His 12th time, he's hit a home run 
on the first pitch of the game that he has seen. So you know what his mindset is when he steps in the box to start a game and he does it quite well. But to see the rest of this offense really follow suit and to put up a big run like that in the first inning, again, we've talked about it. It's just this lineup is so dangerous up and down and the home run that home run potential that they have up and down the lineup, the home run, amount of home runs they hit, not just all season in this month as well. I mean, it, it is just truly remarkable to see what they've done. I mean, five home runs in the first 10 batters of the game. Uh, like you said, we were on pace for what happened with the Angels and Rockies the other night. Unfortunately, it didn't finish out that way. But again, it was it was plenty uh, with the, what the Braves needed to win tonight. And it certainly was exciting to see Acuna hit two home runs, one in each of the first two innings. Yeah, and let me lay another one on you as far as home runs are concerned and the pace that the Braves are on this year, Jake. They set a record in 2019 with 249 home runs. I believe that was the same year that the Minnesota Twins hit 307 home runs, if I'm not mistaken, to set a single-season major league record. Braves of 2023 are now on track for 299 home runs as they continue to pile these things up here in the month of June. Five more on this night, two by Ronald Acuna Jr. He's now got 19 on the season. Then you had Austin Riley hit his 14th, Sean Murphy his 13th, Michael Harris his 7th as he just continues to blaze his way through the month of June as well as he went back-to-back with Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, as uh, you mentioned, five of the first 10 batters hit home runs, Acuna with two of them. It's just insane to see what this Braves team is doing. And Jake, I was looking through this, uh, you know, as far as runs scored for the Braves. And 2003 is a year that I remember pretty well because it was an offense like I'd never seen before. It's been 20 years since I've seen anything like it, but this 2023 club is on pace for 900 runs scored. That would be pretty close to what the 20, uh, 2003 team did, rather, uh, with 907 runs scored that season. I say all that to say this is a Braves offense, the likes of which we have not seen in a very long time. We've talked about it for a while now. We said once Michael Harris gets going, it is, I think, without a doubt, the best offense and best lineup in all of baseball. And you yep. look at the lineup now and you look up and down at the OPS next to every player there, 990, 817, 787, 875, 925. I mean, it is just incredible. Michael Harris has the lowest OPS and his is up to 742 now. And he was in the 400s not too long ago. I mean, it really is just a, a deadly lineup top to bottom. This is the lineup we thought it could be at the beginning of the year. And maybe they've had some stretches where it hasn't quite lived up to that potential early on, but you're definitely seeing it now with everybody contributing, having their moments coming up with the big hits and doing a lot of damage, which is what this lineup is built to do. Yeah, it definitely is. I asked Matt Olson about this lineup compared to ones that he's been a part of. And of course the 2022 team, which was a pretty good, offensive club and he said look it all starts with Ronald Lacuna Jr. and he's hitting so consistently this year but we feel like anyone in this lineup can produce but the thing Acuna does and this is again what Matt Olson's saying is he puts the opposing pitcher in such a bad position because he could go up there and he could hit a ball into a part of the ballpark that you've never seen a ball hit before or he could take a walk and start stealing bases so he truly is I think the premier leadoff hitter in baseball which might be the understatement of this show and this was the kind of night in which he displayed he can hit the ball a long way so that he doesn't have to steal all those bases. But his pace right now with two more home runs, 39 homers, 72 stolen bases over the course of 162. That's something that's never happened in Major League Baseball before. And I'm going to stick a pin in our Ronald Acuna Jr. pace and stats for right now to let you know that the Braves, with 146 home runs, as you mentioned, the top home run hitting team in baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers are second. They are 20 behind Atlanta, mm -hmm. so not even particularly close. 
Rays are hitting 271 now. That is just a point behind the Texas Rangers for the top batting average in Major League Baseball. And this is a stat I really circled in red on, on my paper. The Braves are now 19th in Major League Baseball in strikeouts. So this is not, Jake, the boom or bust. Too many strikeouts. They're always hitting home runs, and that's all they're trying to do, one-dimensional type of offense. You know, they are just doing everything right now, and it tops an OPS in all of Major League Baseball. It's really well-rounded. I hate to keep asking you the same version of the same question, how good is this group, but <laughs> it's the well-rounded aspect of it that's really starting to stand out and gets you excited about not what they've done so far this year, but what they may be capable of doing in the second half. And you heard Brian Snicker talk about it after yesterday's game. He mentioned the fact that the strikeouts just aren't there as much anymore, and yeah. you're seeing this team put the ball in play a lot more often. And when you have hitters with this much power, as we've talked about, and they're putting the ball in play more often, it's going to lead to more damage. I mean, there's your, your next obvious statement of the, the podcast mm -hmm. right there. So, uh, again, it is pretty remarkable. We've talked about Ron Acuna Jr. and one of the – more remarkable things he's done this year of all the more remarkable things he's done is cut down that strikeout rate nearly 10%. And you're seeing this Braves team as a whole. Even Matt Olson started out really bad. He's cut down on his strikeout rate as the months have gone on. And you're seeing this Braves team now top to bottom. And I, I keep track of this after just about every game. You're seeing them far fewer times now having less than 10 strikeouts a game. And I think with this lineup, who's going to have their fair share of strikeouts, but when you're seeing them not swing and miss as much, you're seeing them put the ball and play more again with the high exit velocities they have best in all of baseball. Yeah. It's going to lead to what you're seeing right now. A lot of home runs, a lot of extra base hits. Yeah. And we're seeing an awful lot of those. They're not only putting the ball in play, they're putting the ball out of play quite a mm -hmm. bit. And that's what they did on this night. So that's what's going on with the offense. That was definitely the front page news here. I hate to, relegate Bryce Elder to, you know, having to turn inside to figure out what happened with him as far as looking at this, the paper of this game. Six innings of four-hit ball, two runs allowed, four walks. That's very un-Bryce Elder-like. Uh, no home runs allowed, though. It was a grind for him, 98 pitches, 59 of those strikes. He did a pretty good job of getting out of trouble when he got into it. And that, I think, Jake, is just one of those things that you need to see, like I said, at the top of the show you know, sometimes your your biggest opponent is yourself and finding a way to make an in-game adjustment and get back on track. I think Bryce did a pretty good job of that, even if this wasn't as dominating as it was, say, when he was out there last time carving up the Phillies. Yeah, I know, uh, you know we talked about the offensive explosion, and that was obviously the big story point for me. But for me as Bryce Elder, I, I loved this outing from him because it was such a battle. And early on, it looked like it was going to be one of those Cincinnati games where it was blows being exchanged back and forth. He was really struggling, fighting to find that command. But it showed me a lot about him that he was able to battle through that. The fact he got through six innings. Now, the offense putting up that big number allowed Snicker to kind of ride with him and go through those struggles. So that's part of it. But the fact that he was able to do that and get through six innings at under 100 pitches and made some really big pitches in some key spots in this game. Got a double play to end the first and the sixth inning. Got a big strikeout of Vasquez with the runner on third and just one out. Got a big strikeout of Correa with two on and two yeah. out. So he made some big pitches in this game. Yeah, he didn't have his best stuff. Only second time this year he's walked more than three batters in a game. But he made some big pitches when he need to, needed to. And I thought this was a very encouraging start for Bryce Elder on a night where he clearly didn't have it early on, was able to figure it out and grind through six innings. Yeah, he just keeps finding ways to get it done. And when you look at it at the end of the night, typically he's there in the sixth inning or beyond every single time for this club. And that's something that has been sorely needed with an, uh, excuse me, with a rotation that has been so patchwork at times. Bryce Elder has been, I think, their most consistent pitcher since he's been inserted into that starting five. 
Uh, after him, it was Michael Tonkin with a couple of scoreless frames, and he had Ben Heller closing it out. Uh, the Braves defense in this, when you look at it, the four errors, I mean, clearly it didn't come home to or didn't cost them a lot in this game and certainly didn't cause them to lose the game. I thought the one on Eddie Rosario with a throw that was a good one to home plate just happened to bounce off Joey Gallo. That's just kind of a bad break error. But on the flip side of this, Jake, there were some plays defensively in this game. Austin Riley backing up and throwing out Byron Buxton on a bounce throw to first base. That was tremendous. But the Ozzie Albies uh, 4-6-1 play where he made the dive, had the awareness to flip it to Arcia, who 360 spins and gets a runner at first base. That might be the defensive highlight of the year thus far. And if it's not, then I'm just having a hard time remembering something that was more unexpected and just more of a, I don't know, standout highlight type play. Yeah, there's a there's a lot in this one. Three for I think that you can choose from with the Acuna catch as well that he had, and uh, the Austin Riley play. I think that was a little underrated because the one thing about Austin Riley people uh, talk about is the fact that he doesn't have side to side range, but he did in that one and threw out Buxton, who I know you know is DH in this year, obviously banged up and maybe not at full speed, but I still thought that was a really good play. He one hopped it over there to Olson, who made a great stretch to yep. get him there. But yeah, I mean uh, the the highlight play between Ozzy and Orlando, Orlando to have the the sense of mind to, to do a 360 spin there to get that momentum going to first base to get a little bit extra on that throw I thought was just beautiful and fun to watch. One that I've already watched 100 times and I'm probably going to watch it 100 more times. There you go. Go ahead, make the gif and just let it just keep playing into infinity. So a, a tremendous play by the Braves defense there. I know it looks shaky in the box score, but if you watch that game, I feel like the Braves were that bad defensively. It's just Every once in a while, you're going to kick one or make a bad throw. But overall, I don't think the Braves' defense was a liability on this night at all. Now, the Braves' couple of stats before we get ready for Game 3 of the series as Atlanta has a chance to sweep. Braves now 19-4 and in the month of June. They could match the 21 wins, which is the most in a single month in franchise history. It's happened four times last by this team in June of 2022. So this might sound vaguely familiar if you tuned into this show a year ago at this time. Uh, but they're going to do it in fewer games because they only have the one against Minnesota and then one more against Miami. So if they can sweep the series, take the opener against the Marlins, it'll be another 21-win month for the Atlanta Braves, who have a six-and-a-half game lead on Miami in the NLE standings. Let's get you set, though, for Wednesday. It's game three of the series. We need to take a look at the pitching matchup of this one, which is going to be a little bit, uh, I think, Mm -hmm. unexpected, if you will. But before we get into that, I want to let you know about one of our great sponsors because this episode of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by eBay Motors, who remind you that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and it's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and of course, exclusions apply. Taking a look at tomorrow's starting pitching matchup or the finale on Wednesday, Jake, I didn't think we'd be calling the name of Colby Allard, but here we are. He came back to the Braves over the course of the winter, dealt with an oblique injury that had him on the shelf for much of this year. He's made two starts for AAA Gwinnett, uh, has not pitched for the Braves in a handful of years now after being traded away in 2019. He'll be facing Kenta Maeda, who's 1-4 and four with a 686 CRA, but just kind of honing in on Colby Allard here. This was an interesting pull for the Braves. I was expecting Michael Soroka, and we did not get Michael Soroka in this one. It does not appear. Yeah, I think a lot of people were expecting Soroka. He's been really good since the Braves sent him back down. I think there's still some things he needs to work on, and maybe the Braves just feel like they want to give him the opportunity to continue to work on those things. And as they said originally, when they bring him back up, make sure that he's here to stay. So yep. maybe they're continuing with that mindset 
But yeah, surprising that they're going with Colby Allard. He's through four innings in his first rehab start, two and two thirds in his second one. So don't know how stretched out he's going to be. Maybe this will be somewhat of a bullpen game. You haven't had to use your big bullpen arms in these first two games. So you should have Mentor, Anderson, Iglesias, all those guys are ready to go. But uh, yeah, a bit of a head scratcher here, but excited to see what Colby Allard looks like and see what he can do for this Braves uh, rotation and just continue to add so hopefully some depth there while they wait on the returns of Max Freed and Kyle Wright. Yeah, it'll be his first start in a Braves uniform since 2018 when he was breaking into the league. Uh, spent the four years after that with the Texas Rangers, has a 9-23 and career record with an ERA just over six. He can miss some bats. I wasn't sure if he was going to stay in a starting role when he came back to the Braves, but he's going to get the opportunity on Wednesday. Braves looking for the sweep. Kenta Maeda on the mound for the Twins. He has taken some lumps this year. Maybe the Braves can continue his miseries with another home run barrage to start the game as it gets going at 12.20 p.m. Eastern time at Truist Park, and the Braves look to sweep away the Minnesota Twins. That'll wrap us up on this edition of the Braves Postcast. We appreciate you riding along with us yet again. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified whenever we drop a new episode, and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, the Braves with a 6-2 win over the Minnesota Twins as this great June, it just keeps on rolling right along. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you soon. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 